This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I want to spend a few moments to discuss the difference between optimistic concurrency control and pessimistic concurrency. Concurrency control now you might say Hussein didn't you discuss this topic yes I did but every time I come across a database engine I learn a thing or two and and I add to my bag of knowledge Tyler Pace, uh, that 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 makes me want to talk more about it and, and kind of flush things up and here's another thing by with running a YouTube channel when you get comments some comments are so valuable they point how dumb you are right and he says oh hussein you 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 forgot that at mongodb version 3.2 two years ago they added this particular feature and they are no longer do this so it kind of invalidates a lot of how you were you were thinking in that video so you need to make another video to kind of add that into consideration and see how your thinking changes so optimistic concurrency control and pessimistic concurrency control is so critical. It's it's basically the atomic level of how you pick which path decides basically what database you're going to run. Let's discuss this. Welcome to the Backend Engineering Show with your host, Hussein Nasser. This is the show where we discuss the art and the craft of building software and cover recent news on backend technologies. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and rate it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. With that said, let's get on the show. Guys, before we start, if you love this kind of content, database stuff, make sure to check out my Introduction to Database Engineering Udemy course over 14 hours worth of exclusive content This that you won't find anywhere in the world. Well, you're going to find it in Udemy. But yeah, you get my point. Yes, good stuff. We have great questions. Uh, I try to, as much as possible, I, to answer most of these great questions. So there's a catalog of, of great Q&A happening there already. Uh, so great lectures, uh, over 100 lectures, I believe, more than that. So yeah, check it out. Uh, the, the link will be in the pinned comment below. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Backend Engineering Show with your host, uh, Hosseino Nasserodes. And... Uh, Today, I'm going to talk about optimistic versus concurrence, uh, pessimistic concurrency control. If you don't want to support concurrency control at all, you want to build a single 
user database that nobody else is going to edit. Just one single user is going to slam and edit this stuff, right? There is no multi-users. There is no ability to uh, to do transactions and and there's no ability to do isolation you know you're not you're not trying to isolate anyone from your reads or writes for that matter so if you do that if you don't do that you don't have to worry about anything you can click off this video but if you do which most databases do Postgres, MySQL, MongoDB. Most databases need to support multi-user. And don't think of multi-user as web users. We're talking about multiple transactions that doesn't have to come from the same user. Uh, let's say let's say there are a thousand viewers. Those are technically multi-user, but to the database, they might come from the same database instance user. You're not going to create an different database user for every single web interface right you don't do that so but but it's the idea of concurrency is the is the key here and how do you forget about all this mumbo jumbo that we're talking about concurrency control and all this stuff how would you stop and think about it forget about all the papers that have been writing about database systems and take this question and try to answer it yourself how would you prevent someone from changing a value that you just change and you want to persist how do you do that so you start a transaction and you and you change some value how do you then prevent someone else from changing that value because that's dangerous right unless that value is committed and the other transaction starts it should always see that latest change and then have the idea of changing it if you allow this update to happen then there is this thing that's called lost update you you made a change but you turn it on and it's lost it there's a lot of misconception about this because a lost update only happens in the same transaction you wrote something right you didn't commit yet and you t attempt to read it and you it's not there that is dangerous because basically there it causes corruption this is not lost update that i'm gonna describe you start a transaction you change a field value you commit and then you read it and it's not there that is not a lost transaction why because after you commit someone else could have started a transaction, changed the field, and then committed, and then you read that committed value that, that someone, that transaction that changed. So that's technically not a lost update. So measuring lost update is very hard, but effectively it is it is almost like you're you're just reading this transaction uh, history, right? So how would you build a system that prevents these kind of things? A classic example is to use something they all called locking. Hey, I'm updating this row. I'm going to lock it. Why? Because I don't want anyone to change that value. As long as my transaction is running, 
I want to go my own thing. I'm doing update to other fields, to other columns, to other tables. But, but that value shouldn't really change. As long as you touched it, you changed it, you don't want it to change during your transaction. That's the definition of lost update, right? How do you do that? If you write that value, you can say lock that. You can tell the database to lock it. And by definition, this is a global concept that tells any other transaction that says, hey, if another transaction attempt to write to this law, write to this row, that particular field, we're talking about rows, not columns here, right? There is no concept of column-based uh, lock, although it's fun, but there isn't. There, there's only row locks for simplicity. You can build something like that, but it's so expensive. So I lock the row. So other person want to update another field of the same row they can't they and you can define what that means can't what does that mean you can fail or you can make them wait and that's what locks do what this model is called pessimistic because you are so pessimistic that you don't trust anyone. You just say, I'm going to lock this thing. And I'm just going to prevent anyone from changing this thing. And I don't care if anyone didn't. Because someone, you might, you might just go through your whole transaction and nobody actually tries to touch your role, right? But you take that shot. You're pessimistic. Uh, I think uh, uh, the example I give in in, uh, in my other video that I made was uh, it's like taking your umbrella every time you go out, regardless. That's pessimistic, right? Because you think it's going to rain. Don't get me wrong. I love rain. But if you don't like rain and you think it's going to rain, you're always going to take the umbrella with you. I'm, I'm talking when you leave the car, not in the car. Of course, you can have it in the car. You can throw it there. But even if you go to the grocery store, uh, you will go for a walk, you take the umbrella with you all the time. That's pessimistic concurrency control, right? If it rained, you have it rare, right? You might say, Hussain, what's, what's wrong with this? That seems like this is the best approach ever. Always take the umbrella with you. The umbrella is heavy. The umbrella cost strength right my skinny arm cannot handle the umbrella locks are the same way locks are expensive locks needs management you need to manage locks that are free you think locks are free they are not nothing in this world is free you gotta understand that everything is a program and everything needs to be coded and locks need to be coded and they are so goddamn expensive they are so goddamn hard to get right and then now you can get to this like oh there's the idea of row level locks there is an idea of table locks there is an idea of page locks right and then you can define what all these mean right a table lock that means hey don't don't allow anyone to touch this table a row lock that means don't allow anyone to update this now i'm gonna ask you this question how would you implement row level locks could be another table right some some simple example keep in memory a running uh, a running ledger of 
all the rows that have been locks. Some of you might say, that's dumb. Why? Because what if a transaction updates a million row? Your memory is going to need to manage a million row. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you have to have a million row. Or memory f is memory free? No, memory is not free, my friends. Memory is not free. So lock management is expensive. That's French, by the way, for expensive if you didn't get it. Lock management is expensive, especially raw level locks. That's why most databases try not to implement raw level locks. And we can get into this role management and then dive deep into how each database manage locks. And that's how you pick a database, by the way, guys. It's not because what is faster once. It really depends on, on you and what do you need. I, I still didn't come to the other concept. This is We're talking still pessimistic. We're pessimistic. Concurrency control. So lock management is so difficult. Difficult, right? And then, uh, so so some some databases like SQL Server, for example, they manage locks in memory. And the moment you put raw locks in memory, you're gonna blow up your memory very quickly. So uh, you can, so SQL Server have this idea of something called lock escalation, where it says, okay, I'm about to lock seven thousand rows. You know what? If you're touching this many rows. I don't trust you. I'm going to save memory and I'm going to lock. I'm going to put one lock on the entire table. Yikesy. Yes, you just lock the entire table. Right? Which is which is sometimes it is memory efficient, but you cause more weights on other transactions. And if those transactions are long running, that up the total rows you are doomed, my friends. You are doomed. So SQL Server, you can tune this. That's where database tuning comes in. Dark Horse Coffee Roasters are one of the best. Come to San Diego and check them out. Not sponsored, by the way. Other databases, which is my favorite, Postgres, manage rows, row locks in disk. And you might say, Hussein, is that, that's just dumb. Because in disk, that means I have to write to disk to lock the table. Well, if you think about it, if you write to a row, aren't you writing to disk anyway? How about we just lock it there? Okay. So they are they are smart. Man. I don't have time to explain the details on that. I don't even get the, the level of details. There are these inline hint bits. They, they manage all this stuff. And uh, I would like to talk to one someone from the Postgres maintainers to kind of pick their brains on how they build things. But but th th oh, this is what interests me. The, I love this stuff. I love to talk about these different decisions that engineers make based on like, if you go this way, you go this way. If you go this way, then you go this way, right? You can, you can build completely, that's why databases go completely different path based in a simple decision that they make, a branch decision. So Postgres don't put the lower, lower in memory but they, they do it on this, so that means they have more I.O. SQL Server, on the other hand, uh, put it on memory, but you, ha you have a lot of escalation and all that stuff, right? 
uh, MySQL, I don't remember what MySQL have. Uh, I believe, uh, I believe it might be in memory as well. I might be wrong there. But they, they use a different approach. I forgot. But yeah, every database uses different things. So let's stop talking about pessimistic concurrency control. And let's go to the lock-free optimistic concurrency control. We are optimistic people. We are uh, open-minded. We like life. And we are pro-humanity. I don't know what I'm saying. We are so optimistic that we say, Sir, you can update this field. You can update this row. And we're not going to lock it. Why? Because chances that some other transactions are going to update it are really low. Let's be let's see let's 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 be optimistic a little bit. Don't take that damn umbrella with you. If it rain, well, you can just go to the store and buy one, or just run. Okay, okay, you gotta get a little bit wet. Who cares? So that's optimistic concurrency control. So what does that mean? That means if you update a row, just just do your own thing and then commit. But during the commit, we're going to do a slight teeny bitty check at the commit level. We're going to say, if the row change underneath you, we're going to fail your transaction. Some of you might cringe at that. I understand. But hey, just retry it. You're going to get wet. Go change your clothes, son. It's okay. Who cares? It's just a little water. It's a little bit of water. British is a li little bit of water. So it doesn't, little agua doesn't hurt. Okay? So it's okay. So if it fails, just roll back. Fail, give the user a little bit of a beautiful error that says, okay. Just chill. It's not a big deal. And MongoDB is is this model uses this thing that's called WireTiger, and that I'm 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 researching more about. WireTiger is exclusively it looks like it's a exclusively a log structure merge tree, and designed around the idea of having uh, it uses multi core uses it tries to suck the life out of your CPU, multiple core CPU as much as possible. Try to utilize them to the to the maximum efficiency, right? And that's what they claim. I'm just reading, right? And the, the most important part is they use optimistic concurrency control. They say, well, I don't want to deal with the headache of managing my locks. I don't want to take my umbrella with me everywhere I go. Umbrellas are heavy. Stop taking your umbrellas with you. And instead, just be optimistic, my friend. Be optimistic. Why are you like this? Why? It's okay if it fails. Just retry your transaction. So now you put some more burden on the client side to retry the transactions. And and, and most... Uh, Developers might be familiar with this model. Says, okay, yeah, I know. I get these failures all the time. Just retry. Which is, doesn't sound like a big deal. Yeah, a little bit 
of code at, at your end. And uh, to be honest, I, I don't I don't have a favorite. I just think every use case really depends on on how which path to take. You want to take the optimistic path or you want to take the pessimistic path, right? Usually, usually databases don't call themselves pessimistic. You, you're not going to go to Postgres and you're going to read their documents. Like, oh, we're using pessimistic concurrency control. No, no, nobody says that because that's kind of a negative way, right? Nobody writes that. But you're going to see MongoDB talk about all this optimistic concurrency control because optimistic is way better than pessimistic, right? But technically speaking, Postgres, MySQL, uh, SQL Server, Oracle even, they are pessimistic. This is, <laughs> we're going to deal with locks, son. And we're going to lock this stuff. All right. Obviously, I might have missed some of the things. Leave them in the comments so below this below this uh, video, YouTube video. Comment this guy. And uh, I'm going to see you in the next one. What do you think is best in your personal opinion? Let's just have a discussion. Let's have a discussion. What? What do you think is best? I, I don't think there's a better way, to be honest. So it's like, I, I kind of prefer pessimistic because it's like, hey, I'm a pessimistic guy. It's like, lock my stuff, don't touch it. Don't touch my stuff. Don't touch my rows. As long, but, but also I think about this management of the locks, right? That's why I prefer Postgres, right? Yeah, you can see the right amplification results of postgres because of all this managing the logs and the rights and all that stuff becomes a little little bit too much sometimes what if it's a cost you have to pay compared to memory you might say hey i'm gonna use sql server i'm gonna put all my locks on, uh, on memory i'm gonna have two terabytes worth of ram i don't know i don't even know if that's the thing can you put a two terabyte ram is is there a mother bot that supports it i, I am outdated when it comes to hardware i don't know anything i'm gonna watch some linus ltt to update my knowledge tyler pez all right guys i'm gonna see you in the next one you guys stay awesome goodbye